It's all the files of the whole park. It tells you everything. Sir, he's uploading the virus. Eagle One, the package is being delivered. It's a mixture of internet trolling, Reddit threads, the fall of capitalism as we know it, and that movie Big Short. What is that? What? What's that smell? A cologne? No. Opportunity. No, money. Okay. I smell money. Okay. If, like me, you have but a cursory understanding of the stock market, and you continually see mention of this GameStop fiasco making headlines the world over. Now, GameStop is worth over $10 billion at last count. That's more than Under Armour, more than American Airlines. And GameStop, I would argue, was a perfect target for this type of cartel of day traders. Well, that's right. A failing video game store has been turned into a multi-billion dollar company by day trading cartels who live on the internet. Motherboard EIC, Jason Kebler, who knows something about stocks, is on the show to explain more. I'm Ben Maku, and this is Cyber. All right, Jason, back again. You got the hat trick. Three in a row. Three in a row. I I love it. It's good to be back. I hope people like listening to me talk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I like listening to you talk, and that's all that matters. But more importantly... You are the person for us that will explain, which which is maybe one of my favorite stories the last little while. And it also just says a lot about capitalism, about the internet. This is actually kind of one of your favorite topics, to be, to be clear. But I'm just going to let you go for it. GameStop, what is happening? Yeah, so to be clear, like this is something that I have become interested in recently as other people have become interested in it. But I think I, like I was into it a couple weeks ago, not to, not to be like, Oh, I knew about it before you, but that's just to say, like, I have been watching this story evolve and it is now like the story everyone is talking about. Um, there are people who have covered it for longer than me, but like in general, crazy, crazy, crazy shit is happening with GameStop stock. Um, and we are not a financial blog or podcast but this is a very, a very like no, cyber we are not <laughs> yeah this is like a cyber story it's an internet story it's a meme story it's an internet culture story and it's also a story about capitalism and venture capital and, and hedge funds and things that we do talk about on motherboard so um this i guess what i'm going to try to explain is like what the fuck is going on with GameStop stock and should you buy any and and like what is happening. So, uh, Ben, have you uh, followed this at all? Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? I, I do. I, I do. I have. Uh, admittedly, uh, I am not the, the the beat reporter on this particular subject. But the one thing I do know is that Reddit is essentially has uh, there's sections of Reddit that have organized to both raise and spike stock as as a collective. And that that concept in and of itself is just insane to me, and I love it. Yes. Uh, so, I mean, that that's, like, broadly correct. Um, I would say that over the last, like, year and a half, I've become more and more interested in personal finance and investing and, and stuff like this because I spent all of my 20s in debt and student loan debt and just, like, didn't have any money. I didn't make a lot of money advice when I first started. I spent too much money. I had a lot of credit card debt. Like, I just didn't know what was going on. So 
for the last like year, I've been listening to a lot of like personal finance podcasts. And the number one thing that every single personal finance podcast says is like, you should not buy single stocks. You should like have a 401k and you should put your money into what they call like broad-based index funds, which means you invest your money in like the stock market, broadly speaking. And you should use like only a small percentage of your of your paycheck to put that in and you should get out of debt first. I mean, there's different ways of doing this, but it's basically like you should wait a very, very long time to become rich enough to retire. Um, some people think that you can do it, you know, in your 40s or 50s. These people are seen as like radical. They're called like the fire movement, um, financial independence, retire early. And then there's just like the traditional, like, I want to retire at 65 and like live out the rest of my days uh, and not have debt or whatever. So that's like the, I say this because that's the sort of world that we're talking about here. Like that's sort of the prevailing top, top class financial advice that is going out there. And then there's a subreddit called Wall Street Bets. Uh, where people are essentially trying to get rich overnight, or if not overnight, within a few days, weeks, or months. And by the name of the subreddit, you can tell it's like these people are gambling. Like they are putting, what they do is they YOLO their money into a single stock. So they'll take like their whole paycheck, their whole life savings, their student loan payments, like whatever, a, a significant amount of money for them and put it into a single stock or one of a few different stocks. And then they will watch the stock market go up and down and they will sell at some point, hopefully locking in like tons of gains. Um, this is like, I mean, I'm going to sound tisk tisking here, but I'm just saying like, this is broadly seen as like highly reckless. Like the, the posts that are most popular on Wall Street bets subreddit are like loss porn and gain porn. So it's screenshots of people's investing accounts. And it's like you either see a green arrow going straight up and you see like 500% gain or you see like 90% loss. Like I invested $20,000 or $50,000 and now I have like $7 left, you know, like these are the things that go viral there. And so there's like a little, there were a little more than a million people on this subreddit who were subscribed to it. Um, it's a very irreverent place. They call themselves 4chan with a Bloomberg terminal. Um, a Bloomberg terminal is like a financial dashboard that a bunch of hedge funds and investor types use to uh, to trade stocks. Like they get information very quickly and then they can like place trades and blah, blah, blah. They call themselves 4chan with a Bloomberg terminal, meaning that they are like, often homophobic, they're ableist, they are irreverent, they speak, they sh they're shit posters, they speak in memes, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's basically the complete antithesis to everything I was just talking about with these financial podcasts and like, quote unquote, sound financial advice where you have, you're, you're responsibly and conservatively managing your money so that any, um, gains or losses in the stock market don't make you go bankrupt, basically. So that's like where we all are starting here. Meanwhile, we have GameStop, which is obviously a store that sells video games. And for the last like four or five years, GameStop has been failing uh, because it's a brick and mortar retail store. So as PlayStation 3, PlayStation 4, 
uh, PlayStation 5, the various Xboxes, PC gaming, like as those, uh, as Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo have started selling their games online, people are just downloading their games and they're not going to GameStop. Um, at least not in the numbers that there were, although it's, it's almost like, uh, yeah. like blockbuster. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, it, it's very similar. And so like GameStop has been losing money the last few years. I don't know what its stock price was five years ago, for example, but, um, in 2019, its stock price was like 50 cents, like very, very low. Like people have been predicting the bankruptcy of GameStop for a really long time. And sometime in September 2019, there was this guy uh, who goes by the username of Deep Fucking Value uh, who invested like 50K into GameStop stock at 50 cents per share. And he has been posting for the last like year and a half screenshots of his gains as GameStop stock has been going up. And GameStop stock has been going up slowly for the last like 16 to 18 months in part because they've closed a bunch of stores, which like cuts their costs. They have started selling uh, digital versions of games as well. Um, and then most recently they got this guy named Ryan Cohen, who was the co-founder of Chewy, which is that pet store that sells pet stuff. It's like basically the Amazon of pet stuff. Um, the co-founder of Chewy invested in GameStop and has joined its board and like this is deep in the weeds, but basically it's like there are reasons to think that GameStop as a company are is coming back in some way, shape, or form. Like it, it's fundamentals, as you call them, like look not terrible. So there, there's like a future for GameStop where it continues to exist. It like pivots to be something else. And so like all along, this guy, Deep Fucking Value, is posting analyses of you know, what's going on with GameStop, like how his stocks are going. And like, he's been making like $10,000, $50,000, like his, his money is going up and these posts are going viral on the Wall Street Bets subreddit. So, <laughs> so other I, people- I, I also start- just, I also just like, can I just point out that I just, I know that I obviously don't want to sound like a noob, but it is, it'll, I'll never get tired of hearing that there's a Wall Street Bets subreddit. You know what I mean? Right. Like this is what happens when capitalism goes online. It just becomes like, fixed even yeah, more, and but it's in, a, like, in, a, in, a, in, the, in a chaotic way that I embrace. Yeah. And there's other stuff going on here, which is like Robinhood uh, is an app that allows people to make trades without fees. And it, it's like allowing people to just like trade all day, every day. We're in a pandemic. So people are home and bored. You also have the fact that the government's been sending out stimulus checks and people on the subreddit have just been like investing these stimulus checks, um, which is wild. Uh, and then you have the fact that like the stock market is also completely unmoored from reality where you have millions and millions of people who are out of work. You have a deadly pandemic. You have all these small businesses shutting down. You have all these people dying. And yet the stock market just keeps going up. And that's something that I can't really explain. It's, it's just like... I, capitalism is super broken. Um, yeah. so, so this like brings us to what is actually happening with GameStop stock now. It's like this guy, deep fucking value keeps posting his gains. And so it's a subreddit. So these things like go viral on that subreddit. So other people start buying GameStop stock, the GameStop stock like starts inching up, uh, by the time December rolls around, like this most recent December, the prices are at like four bucks, which is 
you know, it's like 800% up from the 50 cents that the guy had originally invested in. So uh, people are like, oh yeah, let's buy this stock. Like we're going to buy this stock. And they're doing it in their meme fashion where they're like posting a bunch of emojis and it's like, we're all going to be rich. Like we're going to the moon, we're going to Mars, blah, blah, blah. It's like crazy. Um, so the thing that makes GameStop stock like really, really explode and the the very crazy thing that makes this like the news story that everyone is talking about is that for the reasons I mentioned earlier, people buying video games online, GameStop, GameStop losing a bunch of money, uh, all of these Wall Street short sellers have been shorting GameStop stock. And what shorting a, a stock means is that you sell stock that you don't have at its current price or at a price, uh, and then you buy that stock later. Um, and it's, I don't know, there's probably some reason that companies do this. I do, I can't admit that I like understand why other than it allows firms like Goldman Sachs and this company called Melvin Capital and all these hedge funds to make a bunch of money by betting against companies. But basically it's like, let's say I short a stock at $20. That means I have sold a stock for $20. And then I'm hoping that sometime in the next few days, few weeks, few months, that stock price goes down and I can buy the stock at the lower price, which allows me to close that deal. And then I have like locked in the difference between the price that I sold it at and the price that I bought it at. Uh, are you following that? Does that make sense? This does make sense to me. Yes. Yes. And so, uh, a big thing is like hedge funds like to short stocks and they don't do it. They don't do like, Oh, we're going to short like $20 worth of stock. They're like, we're going to bet like $200 million that GameStop stock is going to fail. And what normally happens is you have some big hedge fund that is like, we're shorting this stock. (laughs) Uh, and then the wall street journal and Bloomberg and all these other companies or all these other like big finance press are like, oh, like this hedge fund is shorting a stock. So they're betting against it. So the big money is against this company. So the price must go down. And if the price is going to go down, eventually like that drives the price down. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. And it allows like this financial ruling class to, to lock in like a bunch of money. Like this is how capitalism works essentially. In the case of GameStop, funder or hedge funds invested or shorted more stock than actually existed of the company. So GameStop was like 120% shorted, which means that, as I mentioned, when you short a stock, you have to eventually buy it. But in this case, there was no stock left to buy. And Reddit realized this. So they just started buying as much GameStop stock as they possibly could. And like people have just been buying, 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 buying. And all of this interest in the stock has driven its price up because when people buy stock, usually the price goes up. And and by that, I mean, it's like when huge investors invest in a company, that's a vote of confidence in the company. And like if millions of people are doing it, even if they're investing it at small amounts of money, then the the price will go up just like broadly speaking, at least for the short term. So that's what started happening with GameStop. And then suddenly you had these hedge funds that had shorted GameStop stock and are on the hook to actually buy the stock to close their positions. Like they have to buy the stock at some point. And so 
these redditors realized this and and realized that if they bought all the stock, they would put pressure on these companies to close their positions, which means that at some point they would need to buy it, which means at some point there would be all of this money going into GameStop stock to buy it, which would drive the price up, which would just, it's just like this cycle that, that would like build on itself and snowball. And so, I mean, this is like, it's complicated, but also essentially what is happening is uh, Reddit identified a weakness in these hedge funds, investment strategies organized in huge numbers to buy tons and tons and tons of stock and have forced the price up because they know that these giant financial companies have to cover their bets, essentially. So you have a, a David versus Goliath story where you have like millions of people on one side buying this stock. And then on the other side, you have a couple major hedge funds that are betting against the stock, but are fucked. Like they're really, really fucked. It's, it's bad for them. And it's very good for the Redditors. And so what we've seen is the stock went from $4 to $10 to $20 to $50 over the course of like a week and a half. And like every time the stock was going up, these short sellers were getting more and more fucked because their bet was going wrong because they had bet on the stock to go down. And so that brings us to where we're recording this Wednesday. That brings us to this week where the stock went from $50 to $100. And then people started talking about it and people started writing articles about it and more people started buying it. And then people are buying it and buying it and it's being memed and it's everywhere. And then Elon Musk tweets about it. And then all these other VCs start buying its stock and cheering these people on. And like, as we're recording this, the stock is like $350. And like, you have this firm that's called uh, Melvin Capital that shorted like tons and tons and tons of shares that had to get like a $2.5 billion like bailout from some other firm to try to just like fix the mess that they had created. And now that firm is probably going to go bankrupt and it's like extremely, extremely funny on like okay. 10 different levels. So, so one question I, I have just generally, cause I think it's, it's sort of, I think it's what a lot of people who don't follow the stock market and, and all of this very closely are wondering, but does this, does this moment for GameStop and it's, you know, and that all of this was coordinated in many ways from a Reddit thread and from the internet. Is there a future for this in terms of how other stocks could be played with? Yeah, I mean, so... Is this uh, this unprecedented? So it's not unprecedented. This has happened before uh, with Volkswagen uh, in like the early 2000s, which is something I learned by reading about GameStop. And it it triggers something called a short squeeze, uh, which is what we're seeing now, which is basically like at some point these firms have to cut their losses. Like they're going to lock in like billions of dollars of losses, but they have to. They're financially obligated to buy this stock and like close their, their shares at some point. And if they don't, then they're, then the banks, like the actual trading platforms themselves will force them to. Um, and in this case, like there's not enough stocks that exist. And so what, what is going to happen is like the price is going to go up and up and up and up until people sell them. And so that's a huge part of this, which is like 
these Redditors have been buying the stocks and are just refusing to sell them. Divorced from all of this, all of the things I said are true. Like GameStop is not a super healthy company. Its stores are closing. People are buying video games online. Like it sh- its stock shouldn't be worth hundreds and hundreds of dollars. I don't know how much it should be worth, but probably not hundreds and hundreds of dollars. But what's happening is like these financial companies are in a position where they have to close their positions and so and people are refusing to sell because why would they like the price is just going up and up and up and like when this happened with Volkswagen the price went from like $30 a share to over $1000 a share and so people are waiting for the price to go up to like 1000 or 2000 i have no idea how high the the price of the shares can go um there's theoretically no limit because the stock is so overshorted that it can theoretically go up to infinity. Um, and what we're seeing is basically like these firms are going to go out of business. These these hedge funds are, are going to die um, because of what's happening here. And so what has happened is Wall Street Bets is looking at a bunch of other short sold companies, which include like AMC, the, the movie theater company, um, Best Buy, BlackBerry, Nokia, like all, all household names that you've heard of, but all companies that you're like, oh, struggling. Yeah, struggling. Like, oh, Best Buy, like same deal as GameStop. Like people are buying shit on Amazon. Oh, uh, BlackBerry. Like what the fuck does BlackBerry do now? I mean, I know now because people talk about it on this subreddit, but it's like BlackBerry doesn't make phones anymore. They make like weird self-driving car technology and like who knows if they'll be successful in that. So in any case, people are putting tons of money into these other companies trying to force the same thing as with GameStop and like the the I don't know, AMC stock is up, BlackBerry stock is up, Best Buy stock is up. I don't know where this ends. I don't think that the situation is like the the perfect storm or crime of opportunity that's happening with GameStop is probably not going to happen with them and probably people are going to lose money as well. Like I, I just don't know where this ends and I don't know like how how it happens. But with GameStop in particular, like... It's, I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, but like it's free money. Like literally it, it was free money. If you put money in last week, like it doubles, it triples, it, it quadruples or whatever. And that is a function of, of our, it's not a function of Reddit. It's a function of our broken financial system. And that I don't think is going to get any better, especially with the way the internet is today. Because I mean, I think we're we're able to. I mean, even just the the introduction of like Bloomberg machines. It's just you know, like it's being able to make trades at such a ridiculous speed, right? And so, like, how like, is this? How is any of this like sustainable? <laughs> I mean, I don't think that it is. It's like I have no idea where this ends. I don't know enough about like the economy, like like broadly speaking. I have no idea. Um, if there's some bubble that pops and like everything goes to hell and something very bad happens like that, that's possible. But I I also don't know if this is big enough to, uh, to actually affect the economy at at large. Like, I I just don't know. Um, However, I can say that like in this GameStop situation, depending on how this shakes out, but like at this moment, this is like one of the biggest transfers of wealth direct from the financial class to like the middle and middle upper classes like that I have ever seen because quite literally this company Melvin and its investors and all of these people have essentially had to write like a several billion dollar check to people 
it's it's like nuts. And then, I mean, you, you mentioned this. It's like people are mad about this. People are, are very mad because you have all of these people who went to business school, who work for these hedge funds, people who are who go on CNBC and belittle Reddit and belittle these people as not having any clue what they're talking about, as being risky, as YOLOing their money into random stocks. And yet it's working and, and it's working in part because like, I mean, I don't know that much about like CNBC and Fox business and the wall street journal and Bloomberg, et cetera. Like I don't read those publications. I don't follow them, but they, they are in the pocket of like the status quo, you know, and, and this is like very much not the status quo. This is, uh, an online army of people facing off directly with these gigantic firms that no one has heard of that make capitalism go round and they're winning and they're crushing them. And so I think that that is just like, it's very, very fascinating. I agree. I agree. Well, let's keep an eye on this. We should probably have someone dedicated to the, uh, the, the chaos and Armageddon of our financial system. Um, and uh, yeah, I guess Dude, we'll see you next as week. As we're talking about this, like TD Ameritrade is like just sent out an, a, a statement saying, quote, in the interest of mitigating risk for our company and clients, we have put in place several restrictions on some transactions in GME, which is GameStop, AMC, and other securities. We have made these decisions out of an abundance of caution amid unprecedented market conditions and other factors. So this, <laughs> I mean, this is like a gigantic investment firm being like, stop doing this. You're making like, you're making people lose money at, at like, this is, it's fucked. We, I just saw this. It's crazy because it, it's a big investment firm being like, stop doing what you're doing. You're making us lose money. Yep. So I don't know how this shakes out. It's going to be crazy. And like, I think that there'll probably be congressional hearings about it. Like this is of the, of the scale and level where it's like, this is just crazy. It's, it's pretty unprecedented. And it's, it's this also, is, it's, it's also, also just one like, of those situations where it's like market manipulation is okay. If it's a gigantic hedge fund, like in a dark room doing whatever. But like the second you start doing it on Reddit, like these same people who have been fucking with capitalism for years are like, why are you doing that? That's bad. And like, it's, these people aren't like, to be clear, I don't think that Reddit is manipulating the market. I think that Reddit identified a vulnerability and then people are making their own decisions about whether this is like a smart investment or not. And like, yeah, it's reckless to throw your life savings into something expecting to get rich overnight. But at the same time, like the, it's not like the research on it and the, the, the things that people said would come to pass with like the short squeeze and the, the stock going up has like, it has played out exactly as they said it would because it was analyzed and this is a legitimate weakness in these hedge fund strategies. It's not like a, oh, we're gambling. It's like these hedge funds fucked up. Let's kill them. <laughs> and that's what's happened. I mean, honestly, this is all just going to be like the big short too. Like it's, this is like, this is perfect for, for, for film <laughs> honestly I keep reading this and I'm like there's got to be a script in this like I can't wait to see it in three years yeah anyways all right um yeah well I'll see what happens next week that you get to you get to come back on the show who knows because uh 2021 it's the <laughs> it's the evil twin of 2020 <laughs> all right I'll see you bye
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lorenzo, it's been a big, big week in cyber. 2021 is a cyber is a cyber year already. I can feel it in my loins. I swear this is the last time I'll say my loins on the podcast again. Yes, please. Hello, everyone, by the way. Thanks for listening, as usual. I, I can feel it, though. This is going to be this is going to be a hackery year. I can just feel it. Yeah, I hope you're right. Um, I'm looking forward to a year when... Uh, where we can sort of forget about COVID and start worrying about hackers as we used to back in the day when we were happy going outside, drinking <laughs> beers, hugging strangers. Those were the days. I know, just smoking a pack of cigarettes a day and not feeling like you're doing something to endanger yourself, except for in 20 years when you inevitably get cancer. You know what I mean? It's that's, Or is that just me? <laughs> I think that's just you, but probably some of our listeners can relate. Okay, so let's start with it. One of my favorite hacking topics of all hacker topics, North Korean hackers. What have they been up to lately? Well, they've been up to some inventive uh, new ways to to be devious, which they're very good at. You know, the North Koreans don't have a lot of uh, resources. Obviously, the country is in deep shit in terms of economics. Um, you know, they don't have access to a lot of technology, so they have to be a little bit more creative than their fellow Russians or Chinese hackers. So in this case, what they did was they created a bunch of fake personas, uh, fake profiles on Twitter and LinkedIn, and approached a bunch of um, uh, security researchers who specialize in uh, developing exploits and zero days. And they said, hey, man, you know, I'm doing some work. I'm trying to develop some zero days. Do you want to collaborate with me? Check out my blog. I've done some work on this and that. And they were, you know, bold. Uh, a lot of people did not fall for it, but some did. And, um, you know, they were quite believable. Um, and their technique was essentially to just slide into people's DMs and say, hey, want to work with me? And it and uh, it was funny because Google caught them, wrote a blog. And after that, there was like a litany of people on Twitter saying, oh, yeah, I got approached by the North Korean hackers, posting screenshots of their conversations uh, even more funny, there were other people saying, oh my God, why didn't I got approached? Am I not important? What's up? <laughs> I did I see. Do, I, I got zero days too. <laughs> I did see, I think it was Raphael uh, posted a thing where he had like exchanged messages with the supposed North Korean hacker who was like very funny about it. Did you see that? Oh, I, I missed that, but yeah, this is how the North Korean hackers roll. You know, they're they're just like they're just like us. I remember after the Sony hack, uh, I had message with Patrick McGuire, uh, who used to work for Vice, with the the hackers of that who were, I mean, we mm -hmm. now know were North Korean hackers. 
The statement from the FBI reads as follows. The, uh, the FBI now has enough information to conclude that the North Korean government is responsible for these actions. This is the hack against Sony Pictures. The language was very similar to like what Raphael had posted. And I was like, that's just funny. Hmm. Maybe it's the same people. They got Possibly. promoted to a new job. Possibly. Yeah, the, the worrying thing about this whole thing was the was that they, in some cases, they sent a link to their blog post to some researchers. And when the researchers um, visited the blog, uh, they got some zero days on their own. So like they got hacked with the uh, Chrome and Windows O days. So on one hand, you have the sort of sloppy Twitter DMs. And on the other, you have this more sophisticated techniques uh, that show that, you know, North Koreans are not as, uh, maybe they're not as uh, sloppy as we think they are. I don't think they are. I think like, I actually think it's bullshit how people think they're sloppy. I remember I had to convince like hackers back in the Sony hack days and even even after that, that like just because this country has an economy the size of like Nashville, which by the way, that's like an actual fact. Uh, it doesn't mean that they can't produce elite hackers because they've got, they clearly have very intelligent people and you can learn how to hack. You know this. So, I, I mean, North Korean hackers, I, listen, if any of them are listening right now, first of all, come on the show. Secondly, you guys are kind of good at this. I'll give you honest. Yeah, please come on the show. Come on the show. Uh, moving on to one from, from me, story that I did. <laughs> uh, it's not yeah, actually. Ben, tell us. It's, it's not a heartwarming story at all. Uh, basically, the neo-Nazi terrorist movement, which is very, you know, very heavily based online. The chatter since the January 6th Capitol Hill uh, invasion, insurrection, uh, which resulted in five people dying. You know, there's been a big FBI crackdown, DHS crackdown on that entire sphere since. And, you know, there was stuff planned for January 17th and stuff on inauguration. And people kept saying, you know, why aren't they why aren't they doing anything? Like, why hasn't anything, why hasn't there been more attacks or et cetera, et cetera? And the thing that I've been noticing is that they're, they're retreating to something called the, the, the small cell, local cell system where they, they're advising many people on the far right that you go into localized cells offline without using the internet and becoming much more off grid so that the traditional intelligence apparatus that you, you know well of Lozo, which includes, you know, mm-hmm. FBI, even NSA to some extent, although they can't uh, spy on American citizens, uh, can catch you in. So it, it obviously that that creates m- big problems for law enforcement that are trying to stop these these attacks before they happen. It also fits into this older narrative of leaderless resistance, which was something that white supremacist terrorists came up with in like the 80s and then was adopted afterwards by groups like Al Qaeda and ISIS. So it's just this like ridiculous terrorist circle that we uh we Mm. find ourselves in but it's it's definitely something it's a story about like how things are looking forward for the uh, for that that entire movement which we know now know is a major problem in in terms of national security uh for this country and i think for a lot of countries in the world so do you think these guys will be responsible and diligent enough about staying staying offline because time and time again you and Mac and uh, and others have reported, you know, I've I've gotten so many chat transcripts, so, so much like online digital trails. So I think, honestly, there are there are definitely dummies who will always talk and always go online and always do stupid things. But I definitely think there's also smart people 
who could go offline and do that localized group thing. I mean, one great example of it is, or not great, but infamous example is Timothy McVeigh, who planned the Oklahoma City bombing. And he planned it with two other people, and he did it pretty much completely offline. And and they were very successful with what they did. All three of them were veterans. Because honestly, like if I were, if if in some you know alternative universe, you were planning a terror cell, I was planning a terror cell, that's how I would do it to evade law enforcement and intelligence it's really the only way and it's 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 what it is actually what al-qaeda and isis has done in the past when they've been successful it's they've had you know these separate cells that are completely in and of themselves and they might have very very limited connections to to one leader who isn't saying anything to anyone until maybe the day of so you know, it's a pretty frightening development when it comes to uh, the world of, of white nationalist terrorism, which I think is uh, not only developing, but I think it's getting worse. Mm-hmm. So I guess the FBI will have to resort to old school techniques like getting informants. Uh, Good police work. Infiltrating. Yeah, infiltrating the cells. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So third story. It's from Samantha Cole. Just one of the friend of the show, one of the greats over at Motherboard, and this is a lot f- more fun than the last two that we just talked about because it's it's really funny because it involves the Bernie mittens meme being turned into porn. Yeah, you you've all seen you know the now famous picture of Bernie Sanders sitting alone on a chair during inauguration, iconic, looking like looking like a grandpa, like a Vermont grandpa. Um, you know, it's spurred thousands of memes. You've seen it on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever. And now, of course, the meme has crossed over into porn. Um, Samantha found um, an adult performer who recreated Bernie's famous look and made it into a masturbation video. So as usual, if it's on the internet or if it exists at all, it will lead to porn. I agree. I mean, it's pretty funny. And the, the performer was a, a Bernie Sanders fan, uh, had, had hoped that he would had won 2016 and 2020. And we know that uh, Bernie Sanders is, uh, is, he looks out for sex workers as well. He's a guy who cares about people generally. Uh, although I, I must add one thing. That sounds, what she did, that sounds very uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't know. You can use like, mittens. To... Like the mitts? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to watch the video to figure out how it works. I might, I might pass, but uh, it sounds hilarious. I mean, it's of course it was made into into, into porn. Yeah, it's uh, just like the name of the series, Rule Thirty Four. If it's on the internet, it's it's porn as well. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll catch you next week, there, Lozo. See you soon, man. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. 
Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.